Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. All right. Science AF. Uh, all right, we're going to science AF. Uh, are we doing this now? Science AF. Is that what we're doing? Science AF. Science as fuck. Welcome to Science AF. I'm your host, Dave Chacho, and I'm science as fuck. I'm your host, Jesse Klein, and I am science as fuck. Once a week, Jesse and I get together and bring some friends in. Uh, we drink some uh, high-quality mezcal. <laughs> <laughs> a little peyote we here. Do some peyote buttons. Uh, we we uh, we drop acid about one hour ago. I uh, I so grow a culture of mushrooms in my brain. <laughs> and in his brain, the the mushrooms are possibly c- controlling his brain right I'll now. I'll never let you know, but I, I have been enjoying this decomposing fox quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and we get together and we talk about science. Yep. And today is no different. We're gonna we're here to talk about science. Um we're here to talk about genetic engineering. Oh yeah. CRISPR. Uh-huh. Uh, PCR, PCR, and a bunch of other cool, cutting-edge bio stuff with our guest who has a degree in biochemistry and biology. Biochemistry and biology. Those are the ones you'd need. <laughs> who's also a comedian and writer and performer. Welcome. Tiffany Aleman. 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 Thank you so much. <laughs> it's Dave, been a minute and a half since you told me how to say your name, yeah, so I forgot. It's, it's Dave's, fine. Dave's beginning to become famous for botching last names. <laughs> it's kind of my thing on yeah, this show. Yeah, because with a name like Chacho, you're so used to normal last names. Yeah, and I get furiously angry when anyone <laughs> says it wrong at I all. Used, I used to run an open mic, and I was always I felt very challenged all the time because you have to read out everyone's name. <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be a nightmare. Because no matter what, unless your name is Smith, your name is probably going to be mispronounced. Yeah. Sure. You know. So that's just one of the things you just have to be chill about. I don't really care if people mispronounce my name. It's Especially in this age of diversity. <laughs> that's oh. right. Oh, names I've never heard of before come up. What am I going to do? We're, uh, we're also joined by... Uh, Another comedian. What degree did you have? Uh, I, I, I'm a high school graduate. <laughs> uh, high school graduate, but also science interested person. Yeah, I'm interested. interested. Yeah, he's he's got a he's flirting with That's the hyphenated. idea of science. Science yeah. interested is uh, his. Bio. Yeah, I uh, I'm just curious. I just want to know what's going on. I'm tired of being in the dark. Yeah. And, uh, so I just want to come along and learn some things. It's your boy Brian Musel. <laughs> Hello, I'm Brian Musel. Nice to meet you. I just want to say I think that's cool. I one of the things I really hate about science is that this myth that it's like hardcore and that only these like pseudo educated people can do it i think that's bullshit i yeah. think anybody yes. i think everyone is intelligent yeah I when agree. i was in high school you know? i had no interest in we're science. not elitist about science no no, no. And well, it's it's not it's very like anybody i don't know it can be it's very interesting and it, you don't you can be stupid and still talk about science it's just being and, curious about how the world works and, yeah. right. and <clears throat> about how you process like information like, I think Tiffany kind of hit it on the head where it's like you can think about things in a scientific way no matter what your education level is. Yeah. It's just it's how you look at data for the most part is what science is. I like, mean, yeah, I think science kids are the kids that like look at something and they're like, how does that work? Yeah. How does this insect walk? How does this computer compute? How does that star shine in the night? You know, like. It's just all questions about curiosity of... And the answer is God. <laughs> and the answer to all of them is... It's always God. God. made it 5,000 <laughs> years ago. That's why it's a shiny star with End insect End of podcast. <laughs> podcast over. Um, I think I liked science because it was weird and bizarre. Yeah. Like, kind of like the opposite of what people say. It wasn't like the rules or rationality that attracted me. The more I read about it and I saw, like, molecules... I was like, this is like doing drugs and stuff like that. It's almost <laughs> the equivalent of, of reading about werewolves and stuff like that. Like, yeah. Once you read about all these bizarre things that happen in your body, it feels like you're tripping in a way. Yeah. Do you yeah. have a? It's like science fiction, it except is. it's not yeah. fiction. Yeah, it's yeah. science fact. But, <laughs> but the reality is even more bizarre than what we think is. Like, yeah. To me, that was what is so fascinating about it. It's just fucking weird shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So what did you uh, particularly study in your um, bio well, degree? When I first went to college, my first major was classics, and that was it. Just I didn't end up liking it. I mean, I had like a crush Homer, on my the Odyssey. Yeah, the I had a crush on my Latin professor at the time, and then I was like, <laughs> my life was going to be, you know, studying a dead language. And at some point, it kind of scared me because I was like, you know, instead of moving backwards in history, maybe I should move forward in technology with all the cool, fun, exciting things that are happening. Mm-hmm. You know, so I ended up, and also I always really like science fiction and fantasy. You know, like, you know, fantasy books. I like ogres. I like all that stuff. And <laughs> to me, they're all connected. And, How do you uh, feel about orcs? <laughs> I'm a huge fan of orcs. <laughs> Trolls? Trolls? I like, I think orcs are better because orcs are scarier. Okay. Fairies? You know? <laughs> I like fairies. I like anime fairies. Uh, this is, in partic- I this like, is the I rest like of the show. We're just going to throw out <laughs> mythological <laughs> creatures <laughs> and you say creatures. yes or no. <laughs> Rate each of these I on like a scale <laughs> one to seven. The demons demons are probably my favorite because they're demons. so silly. The <laughs> idea of a demon is to me like so absurd that <laughs> they're probably my favorite. Uh, favorite uh, Hellraisers. Oh, I love Hellraiser. What are they called? Oh, we can talk about horror. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, uh, it's got a C in there. Yeah, it's also <laughs> the C. Uh, uh, I'm just really... Wait, hold on. If, if you're listening to this at home and you know the answer, yell it at your oh, phone. Oh, yell it into the past. <laughs> yell it into the past and we'll hear it. There <laughs> it is. So... So you were talking about how you were yeah. interested in fantasy, and that kind of brought you to science because you like science fiction. You like fantasy, yeah, it was specifically ogres. That was your t- number one. I started with ogres, and maybe I should explain kind of the background of that. To Absolutely. me, it's about the visuals of it. If you see an orc or a demon yeah. or even a fairy, those images are very striking. And when I first started science, one of the one classes that I took was OCHEM, organic chemistry. And when you're in OCHEM, you look at these huge molecules on a board, mm-hmm. and they're 3D shapes, and they're really, really bizarre. And then you learn about all these chemicals in life, and then like they break down the 3D structure of it. To me, visually, it was beautiful. Like yeah. I've never seen anything like that, and it had such. Uh, effect on me. I know some people feel that way when they go out at night and they look at the stars. Sure. And like, oh, I want to study this. For me, it was seeing the 3D structures of molecules. Yeah. I thought it was gorgeous. Really? That's really yeah. interesting. Wait, yeah, did pretty you say cool. The three structures? 3D. The, the 3D. The, the 3D, 3D structures of the molecules. Yeah. For, for protein and structures, they do like modeling kits and stuff like that. So they actually will build models. And you can actually, and, yeah. you know, they'll show and the orientations and the structures. Try to see how they fit together and. Yeah, I thought that was like cool. To me, that that's was really like cool. looking at a goblin. Yeah. yeah. You know, visually. And that's how they find new drugs now, right? With yeah. uh, computer programs that model physically how molecules are shaped. Yeah. And then tries to fit things on it and like see what fits. And if a molecule fits on another molecule, then it could be uh, detrimental or it could be like. Yeah. Uh, good for you. I, I used to work for Dr. Donald Casper, and he was a, an X-ray crystallographer. And in that lab, I made proteins, and we would crystallize the proteins for him. And basically, what he would do is he would shoot light on them, and then based on the diffraction pattern of it, he could actually go back and decipher what the molecule would actually look like. Just based off the pattern of yeah of the wh- light. Oh my goodness. Yeah, oh, and cool. it's pretty cool. Well, not only that, you wouldn't just do the whole protein. You would cut up pieces of the protein. Yeah. And then crystallize that. So he would actually go back and build a map of all of that. And when you look at the map, you know, it's fucking weird. It's like looking at a picture of a weird ass ghost. It's yeah. Like black and white. <laughs> I really like art. So yeah. to me, visual images are, for some reason, the way my brain works, are very exciting to me. Yeah. So Dr. Casper was Dr. Donald Casper. working on ghosts. On ghost stuff? I, no, he would be very angry if Is he if still I around? Ex- he's 91 years old and he's still around. So he's not yet. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, he's he's and on a scale of he, friendliness, how friendly is he? God. Say? he you are reaching for this joke so hard. <laughs> I'm just. I just want, I'm just well, gathering information for the joke to make uh, yeah, later. the future. What I do know about him, he was mentored by Rosalind Franklin, you have Watson and Crick. Oh, my goodness. And uh, they worked together in the lab, and they were lifelong friends. And some people cool. have wondered, and I don't know if this is sexist, if they'd had an affair or something like that. I do not believe that, but I'm just so, he's had a very filled, you know, filled life. Yeah, uh, on the podcast, we're, I think we're, uh, we we've gone on the record of saying that men and women can be friends without having sex. Yes. 
I think I, I think that's on the record of this podcast. No, I, I think that's that is actually, canon. Yeah, I think that's a really important point to make. I, I agree. Worked in some science labs with PIs and fellow peers who wouldn't be alone with me in a room if the door was closed. And if the door was closed, they were very upset and they would open the door because they were afraid that people would think that if they were working closely with a woman, yeah. that everyone would think that we were having an affair, which I think is very sexist. Yeah, that's yeah. upsetting. Yeah, well, they would go and hang out with all the, you know, the young men. Yeah. But that's I, why no one is, no females are allowed to work in the current uh, government administration yeah, because they don't want to seem like they might be dating anyone. But that's, but that's building... A, 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 another an additional barrier for women in the workplace Absolutely. where it's like where it's like now it's, it's all of these we, we don't trust ourselves around you so you can't have a job well not not only that but like all of the men who are in power hang out with the men who are like working under them and that's fine and they can develop relationships and develop respect for those guys because they get to know them on a more personal level and work with them closer but they've de- they've built a wall so they can't yeah. interact with the women well, the same if, way they do with men if we start a lot of rumors about them sucking each other's dicks <laughs> Then they'll start hiring women so those rumors go away. Yeah. Well, you know what I've heard? Oh, here we go. I've heard they're sucking each other's dicks over there. What? That's, I mean, I've heard a lot of people A lot of people talking about That's what these boys... Me in the White House, they're sucking each other's dicks? They're yeah. sucking each other's dicks in the White House. Whenever you close a door with Mike Pence in the room, he just starts he sucking dicks. He immediately dicks. starts sucking your dick. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, for those of you listening in the future, Mike Pence is the vice president of the United States right now, currently. I'm hoping that... Not an inmate, as you know him. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping that when you're listening to it, he's a, he's a funny footnote. <laughs> <laughs> like Dan Quayle. Yeah. Remember Dan Quayle? Of course, he was in that tank. <laughs> Uh, he corrected that Tiffany, kid smelling tomatoes. Tiffany, you speaking about the visuals yep. of it, like yeah. that, I don't know about you guys, but that really spoke to me because I always also was re- a real visual learner. I went into biological anthropology, okay. uh, which is much more the result of what you were studying and then seeing it in uh, humans and hominids. But I. Uh, like that idea of like looking at a protein or something like that and seeing a goblin it's fucking is, cool. is, is fucking awesome. Yeah. 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 I'm going to go home and That's look at proteins and molecules. Like I'm going to go look at <laughs> goblins and, yeah. and ogres. And what are you going to do? <laughs> I'm going to be like, oh, it is a goblin. Just think about it. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Cause Can't I think about it? Yes. It's funny because when I worked in that lab, the biggest insult that you could say to another scientist, if they drew a molecule on the board, like yeah. trying to, to figure out the shape and they said, this is my, this is what I imagine the shape of this, uh, this protein is. The biggest insult to say is that's magical. <laughs> that is an insult. Science burn. Scientist. <laughs> that's right. That, that is a science burn. <laughs> It's like saying, because magic is basically just not having the knowledge of something. So that's just saying you're dumb. <laughs> yeah. It's magical. You're ignorant. That's magical. <coughs> you're ignorant. Like do you have any, uh, David Blaine and Doug Henning. Do you have any like favorite like uh, factoids or anything like that that you ever dug up or something like that? Something that uh, we're putting you on the spot so you no, can no. think about it. Um, uh my favorite person in science who I love to talk about is Kerry Mullis. Uh-huh. He was the, well, he's, I would say he's the co-inventor of PCR. Okay. And I okay. like him because he has such a, a, I don't want to, bright personality and that he was a surfer dude <laughs> and like he did LSD and he was just like non-conventional and like he drink and he do drugs and he was like kind of like a punk rock scientist. Yeah. And um, he, I mean, he had even tried to be a writer before he had gone back to school to get his graduate degree. And he had a, he, he kind of had an explosive personality when he was young and stuff like that. And he's, you know, he slept with women in the lab. I heard like he had sex in the lab and stuff like that when mm-hmm. he was doing science. Well, he's closing doors. He, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he won the Nobel Prize yeah. actually for the co-invention of PCR. Um, so tell us about PCR. For the Brian Musels of the world, what um, is PCR? Poly, uh, well, PCR do you know is, what it is off the top of your head? Yes, poly- PCR is the amplification of a small region of DNA. Um, it's pretty cool, like, relating it to forensic science and stuff like that. Like, if you have, if you're at a crime scene and you have, like, uh, you want to wipe down, you know, you can take whatever you wipe down, let's say a piece of, like, glove or something like that, and then you can amplify that region to actually look for 
the DNA of that. And then so let's say you have a target criminal that you think has done this crime. You can take their blood sample and then you can compare it. And then you can DNA sequence it and say these two sequences have like a 98% homology. So that you can basically, you know, in the 1800s, the reason why there were so many serial killers is that you could get away with this kind of shit. Mm. Nowadays, you can't really get away with anything. Yeah. You know, so I mean, it, that's what that's one uh, It needs po- uh, polymerase chain reaction. Am right. I saying, what's that word? Uh, Poly- polymerase chain reaction? Polymerase chain I can reaction. go in kind of the background of how Elemen. that works. Um, I'm trying to think if I can insert a dick joke in, uh, into <laughs> it. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, this is how I understand it. Uh, uh, it's kind of like uh, they call it amplification of a gene, right? So it, it's you, a region. You take a snippet of a DNA, and it's uh, it's almost like like Legos. If you have uh, a little Lego sequence and a bunch of, and you you put it in a in a dish of just pieces, then it will start replicating itself and doubling and doubling and doubling, and soon instead of a bunch of loose Legos you'll just have a million copies of the original thing that you threw in there. So it's kind of like throwing one piece of DNA in with a bunch of uh, 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 raw material. Right. Right? That's true. And it just keeps doubling. And and, and what they do, what I was reading is they heat it up so the the DNA chains break, and then they cool it off so they reform. And every time you heat it up and cool it off, Mm. it doubles. So you start with one little DNA thing and you heat it up and cool it off and then you have two and you do it again and then you have four and then pretty soon you have a million of them because you, right. you double it like 10, 15 times. Yeah, that's classical. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I know that sounds but first it's classical. Is there What's an alternative? A, is that a science uh, there's, burn? There's many va- uh, <laughs> What's variations What's vanilla PCR? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, I, I think the most PCR significant, crystal. when that came about, the most significant part of that is that uh, there was something called attack polymerase. So when you're actually, when you melt it, first you have to melt the DNA and you amplify it. It's hard to do that at certain temps. Like our, our the, the polymerases in our body break down. So they were actually able to pull bacteria from hot geysers, and that, that bacteria is able to live at like you know Big extremely hot high, high temps. Yeah. yeah, I would love a hot geyser. <laughs> yeah. It's cold today. Could all use yeah. a hot geyser to yeah. snuggle up with every once in a while, right? So they were able to isolate the polymerase from that, and they actually spike that into the PCR mix. So at high temps, oh. that uh, that polymerase moves down the DNA and adds something called DNTPs to it. Uh-huh. Which are essentially what, I, you, what you had said, like Legos, the building like blocks pieces, of it. Right? Yeah, the loose pieces, and the polymerase actually like like uh, pulls it together and makes it, and it goes all the way down the line, and then it repeats it over and over and over again. And in the old days, like at Cetus, people used to have to do this by hand at each step. So at each step, let's say it was one minute, they'd have to spike in the polymerase. and they'd have to literally move it from water bath to water bath at each step, which mm-hmm. took forever. And then so thermocycler machines were invented. So that actually did all the cycling for you inside a little tube. So you can actually set up your, you know, your, your synthesis, the whole thing that you wanted and walk away from it. They figured out you could heat it, cool things without water baths. Yeah, yeah, but in the 80s, you would have to do this yourself, which is what uh, Mollus and everyone used to do at Cetus in those days. There are some scientists Suckers. who uh, hire undocumented Im- immigrants to... You know, put the, the polymerase the into the water baths. It's our immigrants hour. who are doing it's, all yeah, of the, our water bath work. They're doing all of our water bath work. They're really ruining in this country. <laughs> <laughs> so many scientists are going without jobs because immigrants are taking, taking our pay water cuts. bath jobs. <laughs> yeah. um, so I lo- the, the, the thing that I love about this is it feels like the beginning of life on Earth. Yeah. And what I mean is like... You've heard of uh, uh, the su- oh, the su- uh, pre- primordial soup, right? Is yeah. what people say. We were talking about soup earlier. <laughs> and, and we like I, soup. We <laughs> do love soup, and we'll all share our soup recipes. But first, um, at, uh, presumably at some point, the earth was uh, full of water and also um, Legos. You know, the little pieces like the A, D, C, Adenine, guanine, thymine, ad- adesine. Great, thank you. The four DNTPs. Pro, uh, what do you call them? Proteins. The four proteins. They're not proteins. The they're deoxy ribose nucleotides. Nucleotides. Oh. That's what they're called. Yeah. So the four These nucleotides. They're just. <laughs> uh, they probably look different. So I say when I masturbate. Millions of years ago, billions of years ago, but th- the the whole 
ocean was just floating with these pieces and suddenly by accident one molecule figured out didn't figure out one molecule accidentally um combined with another molecule and then they split apart and they were the same so basically that was the first cloning that happened yeah it's and so that's really once that happened once once one molecule cloned itself and then that one cloned itself and then that one cloned itself and then that suddenly life is just off and running and it's kind of like this polymerase bath it's like a big box of uh loose pieces that suddenly started to um form together and become more and more complex. Now, are we allowed to say Legos, or do we have to say Scandinavian play box blocks? <laughs> no, we are funded by Legos. Oh, we are? Uh, this is, uh, we'll take a quick commercial break. Legos, <laughs> the building blocks, uh, not of life. <laughs> they're, but... they're toys. Get them. <laughs> <laughs> Analogous to life. Yeah. Uh, that's really cool. Uh you're talking about how they, they kind of cheat by bringing those bacteria in so that they can heat them. I don't know if they cheat. They found a way to make the technology work because yeah. otherwise uh, the polymerase would fall apart. But once they figured out uh, they could spike in a hot DNA polymerase, that worked. And that's what actually made the technology work. And uh, he was able to demonstrate it you know, to everyone at CETIS and eventually... He was able to patent it, and that patent was bought by Roche uh, Molecular Systems for $300 million. He only got $10,000, and that was a huge, huge battle in itself. Of course. (laughs) For funding? Well, he... Well, because he worked for the corporation. When you work for a biotech corporation, any research you do, they're paying you to do it. They own it. You know? So he worked there, and he was... They gave him a bonus, $10,000, but the whole tech PCR technology was patented, and Roche, you know, bought it for three hundred million dollars, which Cetus, the company, got, and all uh, Carrie Mullis got was a Nobel Prize and ten grand. He was very upset about it. They had to carry him out of the company, like like literally, like guards had to carry him because he had a huge emotional reaction. Wow. Yeah. He he's really interesting. All he, he got a, was a Nobel Prize. He's a strange person he has a story in his biography about how a glowing raccoon appeared to him one day when he was hiking no not hiking camping and started talking to him and he believes in an es he believes in like psychic you already phenomena. said that he was on acid so well he said he swears he was not on acid at this time mm. but he just believes in such weird stuff like he said that one time he he used to like sucking on oxygen on oxygen to get high yeah. and he said that one time a woman floated into his room, saved him from the oxygen, and then he met her later at a bar, and they had a connection, and that she was like, I'm a being from another time or something. <laughs> like, he just, like, you understand, for a normal scientist, this is not normal. Like, he is it's, a bizarre person. Is it dangerous to breathe pure oxygen? I think, I don't, I've, I mean, I have asthma issues, so sometimes I've actually had to go to the doctor and actually breathe oxygen to get you know to get better I yeah think it's no, not you, recommended it. but i wouldn't you, have my own oxygen like oxygen yeah. tank is highly Sometimes. volatile it'll blow up yeah. i wouldn't have my own oxygen tank <laughs> yeah. in my yeah. house and stuff like that you don't you want know? to be uh like smoking a big doobie while yeah. you're on oxygen which i'm sure he did yeah doobie is the preferred term of science af yeah so, uh, we, or jazz grass <laughs> jazz grass what's the name of his uh biography I think it's, what is it, riding naked in a field, surfing naked in a field. It has a picture of him. He's like, has a big surfboard. <laughs> I believe I think, believe he lives in Newport Beach. I mean, he has other eccentric <clears throat> ideas. He doesn't believe in AIDS. Like, he's oh. kind of like an AIDS denier. He believes that there's something wrong with the immune system and that AIDS is just um, an opportunistic pathogen interesting yeah no but we, real he doesn't scientists believe in the hiv virus he believes in the hiv virus but, but he believes that it is a, it an opportunist pathogen in your body and that something else is happening in your immune system uh real scientists don't agree with them <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's considered like like not even real science like some like some of the stuff that he says and stuff like that but i i happen to think he's an interesting person yeah you know i but then i guess i like like many of us, I like people with big personalities and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. He's a weird dude. Yeah. He's right. a climate change denier. Yeah. <laughs> and an astrologist. All right, man. Well, enjoy your Nobel Prize, yeah. I guess. I just wanted to bring him up because I feel like when people talk about science, I feel like they think that 
many of them are like straight laced, you know, stuffy, stuffy. But yeah. that's not true at all. Some like, of them believe you know, wrong just, things that no, are totally guy. proven wrong. Yeah. And well, it reminds me of the guy who uh, invented the sensory deprivation chamber. Like that guy was on ketamine all the time and thought like aliens existed and that uh, that dolphins were more intelligent than humans and all of that kind of stuff. I like dolphins. I, I do too, but he tortured them. Did he really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's terrible. He, he was convinced that they could speak to us and would talk to us. He just forced them to live in relationships with humans. Well, no, he also like took them out of the water and heated them up and stuff oh, like that to try and force them to talk to people. <laughs> and that was all funded by the government. Oh, fuck uh, him. Make you he's talk, this guy's dolphin. dead to me now. Fuck him. Yeah, you're a dolphin, uh, you're dead to me. Yeah, but he's also the guy who made one of his lab assistants live in a aquarium with a dolphin for, I think it was planned for a year and uh in a sexual relationship yeah she then developed a sexual relationship with the dolphin because it was just like constantly bugging her and so she just started just like to get it off her back she would just jerk it off and yeah i've seen video it's tight <laughs> no you haven't <laughs> oh not of her jerking it off but of the like the house they lived in oh yeah like yeah it's like just a, a regular house with, like, <laughs> with two feet of water, feet of water yeah, right? yeah. So it's she's wading like around in water, and yeah, this yeah. thing is just like... Must be awful for that dolphin. Oh, yeah. It's like completely and the, bumping. And the research assistant who got locked in there with a yeah. dolphin. Yeah, I with think a horny dolphin. One, they teach, uh, they treat research assistants like shit. Yeah. Which is like, hopefully there's new laws being acted now in this yeah. age, you know, of how you uh, treat people. Protect dolphins and research assistants. I, yeah, exactly. I, yeah, exactly. I, I feel like you probably couldn't make your research assistant jack off a dolphin these days. He and didn't, I say I that could. we I, have gone backwards. I think he you could. He didn't. <laughs> you think you could? An R, are you kidding? An R, I'll put your name on this paper. They would totally jerk off a dolphin. He didn't make her jerk off the dolphin. He made her live with the dolphin. And, and she decided to, to make it easier? Just to get this goddamn, like it's, it's like. It, it's like raising a teenager, Dave. Yeah. Hump, hump her leg. It's like living with a goddamn teenager. So if you're raising a teenager, you should jack him off yeah, once in said, a while? Is I that what you're saying? I my dad every day until he jerked me <laughs> off, and then he would go back his business i go about mine you'd go swim to the deep end of the pool <laughs> you swim up to him and just beat him with your head until yeah. he jerks like, you dad off. hey dad yeah. dad 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 okay dad. fine all right and we're both happy <laughs> isn't isn't i think i heard that ketamine is now being used as an antidepressant is it yeah that's what i heard really uh, Interesting. I've, never, like I've never done it i don't know i, I just read that somewhere that like, it's working and that's why people like street people were using it it actually like helped you oh. I, I i've never done maybe it. I mean, you're not depressed if you're in a K-hole and can't move. What, is ke- what does it do? I, does anyone know? I, I uh, tranquilizer. Yeah, yeah I, so think, I think I think it... Xanax? I th- well, I think what it does is it uh, it starts cutting off systems, basically. Uh, you until, get chill? Like until, really you can't, until you can't feel it. So it, it'll, it'll... If you take too much, it will shut off your breathing. Right? Yeah. You gotta be careful. Uh, but yeah, basically just... It start it starts disconnecting systems to your brain. I think the first effect is it makes you not be able to basically move your muscles. So yeah, you just turn into like a puddle on the floor. And um, uh, I also heard that dolphins do get jealous. Like uh, in Florida, a lot of people swim. Well, they have this thing where underprivileged children can swim with the dolphins and stuff like that because it helps their relationships with people. Sure. And I heard that the dolphins would hump. You know, some of the children they were uh, swimming with yeah. and that they would get territorial and they would be jealous. Like if, a, if the child showed any attention to other children while they're swimming in the water, <laughs> the dolphin would like block <laughs> them from other children. Like well, you block, you block, yeah. you are my bitch. Like block them. Well, look for Oz, the underwater edition. Hey, Oz was a great <laughs> It was a great show. <laughs> it was scary. Oz was so scary. I think we're here to say, time's up, dolphins. Time's up, dolphins. There's no more raping little kids. Yeah. You're done. You're, you had your day in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, yeah, every time you go to swim with dolphins, wear a black dress. <laughs> show your support. <laughs> little pin. The time's up pin. That's really interesting. <laughs> okay. I've just so, <laughs> yeah. Do you have that? Uh, Jesse looks like he has this image stuck in his mind. Oh, just just the idea of these dolphins just being like, "No, this is my boy. <laughs> this is for me." I raped him fair and square. No oh, other I dolphin gets to hop. 
<laughs> but also, like, I like they're like, yeah, this is good for kids who are underprivileged. Sometimes they get raped by dolphins, <laughs> but it, it helps them interact with humans. Technically, humping is not rape. That would I mean, be it's assault. Just assault. Sometimes Sexual they, assault. Sometimes they get sexually assaulted by dolphins. As you do. Yeah, the guy who the guy who did this, uh, he he worked with the sensory deprivation chambers, and it all started where. Uh, his, his insanity started where he was taking ketamine and he was in a sensory deprivation tank and the water was too hot and so he decided to get up to change the water and he got up and the ketamine hit in hit him and that was a weird way to pronounce it the ketamine hit, hit him and he fell face first in the water uh, and he couldn't get up because the K hit him and at the exact same time there was a phone call for him that his wife got and she answered the phone, and they asked to talk to him, and she asked who it was, and they wouldn't answer, so she went to go get him and found him face first in water and took him out and performed CPR, which she had just read about that day in a magazine. She'd never never heard of CPR before until she'd read it in, I believe it was the National Enquirer, which used to be kind of a real magazine, <laughs> and... Uh, and performed it on him and saved his life. And after that moment, he was like, "Aliens exist, and they're trying to save me. And dolphins can speak." And like, I think the the real point there is that if you're gonna be dumb with your drugs, have a cool wife. Yeah, have a dope wife. <laughs> My take home message is: stop giving these men money to do research like this. Start giving it to women who are doing confidence research. <laughs> Her research was reading a magazine. Can we? And she. She got results you know? immediately. Can we finally get some women to take ketamine in a sensory deprivation tank? It's about time. Yeah, that was that was all paid for with tax dollars. <laughs> I sh- I mean maybe we we got in the wrong business. Yeah, we could be drowning. Just as funny and be getting the government to pay for our uh, ketamine. <laughs> If we were lab, se- if we were research scientists, it's, funny, it's getting comedians. harder and harder to get money from the government. Yeah, actually, yeah, a lot of scientists like it's so competitive now in academia and stuff like that because in the old days, I feel like the fifties, it, it was possible to have to make a living as a research scientist, and now there's less and less money being given to scientists, so they have to literally fight it out amongst each other and it's a really ugly nasty kind of subworld. I don't know if people really realize how competitive science is. Yeah. I don't think a comedy is as competitive or as underhanded as science, to be quite honest. I, I mean, don't agree. With, I agree with the first thing, but not really? the second oh, thing. Oh, really? Do you, uh, yeah. Will you Comedy is extremely competitive, and I know a lot of jerks will, who were dicks. I don't comedy. disagree with you. I That's true. In my experience, I've met more scientists who are more ruthless and power-hungry really? than comedians. Yeah. Yeah, I, even, I think comedians are nice. Even an Oprah Mike tried to I, get it five minutes? No, a, I think comedians... <laughs> 11.30 on a Monday night? No, I th- in my experience, I think comedians are nicer than scientists, which I don't know if that's saying a lot. Wow. But yeah, I think this guy got yeah. his research grant from the military basically saying, like, if I can prove dolphins can speak telepathically, then I can maybe telepathically connect with communists and steal their secrets. Yeah, <laughs> I love the military like, yeah. <laughs> was looking into like dolphins as like soldiers, weren't they? Uh, they the, have they, used them to. They, they um, use them for minesweeping. For mine, uh, I think there was a program there was talk to about actually them, wasn't there? Uh, arm yeah dolphins and have them have like torpedo launchers on their backs or yeah. something. I read about that. Free the dolphins. Um, free those dolphins. Free I don't research. Know sorry for these poor fucking dolphins. They might still be doing it. I don't free know. research I don't assistance. Free the dolphins. <laughs> you know, there's the, the Men That Stare at Goats was a real program. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's about a psychic program that the U.S. was involved in to try to uh, kill burst. the enemy with our minds. Oh, could you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so many people would be dead. Yeah. <laughs> if there'd, suddenly there'd be a humans beca- got the ability to just think about killing someone yeah. and it happened, there'd be no one. We'd left. all be gone well, in a, a, a day and a half. Dave, what's our first article? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, PCR was the, was the first uh, thing, but um, yeah. I also want to talk about CRISPR. Sweet. Um, 
I mean, this is kind of like we talked. We touched on this on an earlier podcast, but um, we have hit a point that science fiction has been talking about for a hundred years yeah. or more, and that is the ability to literally change human genetics uh, pretty easily. Go in and edit DNA. We're going to become immortal gods at some point, and that's or, pretty exciting to me. <laughs> maybe. Uh. Well, I mean, do, do you guys read those articles where they say like the, the first human to live to 200 years old is alive right now? Oh, I haven't heard that, but that's uh, well, I've, I've read a couple. Articles. I believe that's yeah. I'm really excited by the, that whole idea and the whole like anti-aging, you know, research that they're doing on telomerases and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. There are mm-hmm. some people who view aging as a disease. Yeah, as a genetic defect. It, it's a genetic defect in that we don't actually have to die. And it's actually yeah. possible with research that at some point maybe we won't. Yeah. Fuck, I'm about living forever. Yeah, like, I'm okay with that. Yeah, no, I would love to. Really? Yeah, fuck, really? I want to see. You wouldn't, I don't, I'm not suicidal at all in the slightest. Like, I fucking want to have a million I'm not suicidal, lives. but, you man, know, it would get old after a while. Like, you could be like one of those ancient vampires. The, You've been around for like 4,000 years. Mean, basically, yeah, like, like, like life the, is constant pain. It's just you a get degree dull to it, of more right? or less. I'm too curious. I, I want to see how it ends. I think a thousand. Like after, I think after a thousand years, you'd be like, okay, I've seen enough. I mean, I feel I mean, like could I've you, seen could you imagine now. dealing with somebody who's fucking worked at Walgreens for three hundred years? <laughs> yeah. Like, but but once everyone and, is immortal, the con. I feel like the concept of like an economy or class like any of yeah, that all like gone. all of that stuff is, has to be restructured is is because it's all based off of the idea that we're gonna die the cyborgs about, like the robots would do all of our manual labor for us for <laughs> right one. now we we'd all be have... immortals we'd be able to follow uh, our pleasures <laughs> whatever why, why us. do you think you'd be able to do that like right now we have a certain amount of privilege but if if, if you like, like we're not living in like horrible disease and pain all the time. But if you're living for thousands of years, do you think that that's going to last? But, but I mean, so you do live in horrible disease and pain, and that's for a couple decades. But then for a couple more decades, you're not. Like it's just a bump on the road. Yeah. You well, mean emotional pain, right? You mean like I mean, all kinds of, like. You mean life is is hard. Why would anyone want to live is longer? Like fairly easy from where we're saying it's not too bad but it could be a lot worse and i'm saying over time the a lot worse is going to come around you're talking about q burton yourself (laughs) (laughs) no i'm just saying okay the black mirror episode (laughs) yeah yeah let's get the black mirror let's talk about more than most things in the world you mean immortality the thing where they can basically uh put you in a box for a thousand years with no one to talk to yeah and oh, with the same me. song playing that is a possible thing that could happen if you live forever you could literally like i don't believe there's a hell for real that exists but it might someday well I if did... we live forever you might literally end up being tortured for infinity no, I just mean that the that's, possibility that you could live a very long time, you're, you're still mortal. Like someone could stab you or you could get shot and you could still die. You have the option of bailing out. You can cubert. But you're, you could stay young forever. As long as there's the option to cubert yourself. <laughs> that's a callback to a previous episode where... Cubert uh, is to kill your enemy uh, by uh, killing yourself as well. Yeah, it's where an AI figured out the best way to win cubert is to kill itself. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you, yeah, anyway, I get what you're saying. Yeah, because I, uh, yeah, I, I, for, I'm just I'm just speaking from my my point of view. I would love to live forever. Now, maybe at ten thousand years old, I would be wearied. I like, like the an old vampire. I'd be like, fuck this, living you know, a I'm long done. time. But then, take but then a nap. I will I would will myself out of existence, or you know? take a nap for a thousand years. Yeah, exactly. See what happens. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Uh, Still though, I think the the possible horror that could happen to you if you live if you're a cookie for infinity is well yeah that's different too if you're a cookie but but what a great adventure that would be that like that for me yeah. it's i don't think you can escape pain in life i think exactly. part of evolving as you, a human that's being that's right that's I, why you it can't has escape to tragedy you can't escape anything you can try to avoid it but human conflict is not something to be avoided it would be you worse to, it would be absolutely be worse if you lived for thousands of years and couldn't feel pain because you wouldn't 
be human anymore. Yeah, he'd be a like, cyborg. You need that pain to remind you of what it is. Your humanity. And I, I, know. Think, I think you also need Dave, death to Dave. You're going to live forever. <laughs> I'm not. I don't want to. <laughs> I think from a philosophical standpoint, like the idea that you can't aging, have life without death. You need to clear out the dead wood. I think that aging as a as a mutation is an interesting philosophical standpoint yeah. as well. Yeah. Where it's like, why would why would the the cells themselves have like if their entire point is to replicate and live? Why would they have a a, a timed ending? Like Evol- that doesn't make sense. I would think for evolution to improve each each generation adapts itself to environment and I suppose improvements are made. If you don't die, then there's that argument, how are you adapting sure. to your environment? But then at, at some point, aren't we reaching a point where all those rules are over, we control our fucking environment from now on. Yeah, yeah. we're getting close well, to that point. This is like a comic book. This is cl- no. this is a Japanese comic book that I'm talking but about. If you but, don't, but if you don't adapt, then that means... And if you don't die, that means you don't need to adapt. Yeah. Like, so the whole what, what, point of I don't think that's true. The whole what point of adaptation think, is to survive. What happens when we do live to be 400 years old? Like, how many children are you then having over the course of that? Oh. Like, if you can have children for 200 years of your life... There's going to be assholes who have like 18, 20, 30 kids. Well, well, that's the thing. You, if everybody again, lives forever, we can't have kids anymore. Yeah, yeah, again, society needs to get changed again, and it's a, and it's a. Unless we start, you know, uh, going to Mars and other planets. Well, we we become the cancer of the universe. We just replicate and replicate and replicate for years and years yeah, and years. That's awful. Oh no, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> we're already I mean, we're already doing it. I think life is positive, but I think it needs to have an end to be to to work. Um I'm I'm What do you think happens when you I die? think hundreds of years is is attainable. Just I don't that, think live forever is a thing. What just out of curiosity, like what what are your theories like so you're saying it, it. You would be happy with only living a hundred years and then passing on. What What are your thoughts about death then? Like what? I think you just turn it off. Yeah, you just go away. You just become what you were before you were born. Nothing. Probably. I don't know. I also think that there's a real possibility that we're in a matrix and there's we're in a simulation i don't, I, I agree yeah i don't but i i think a monotheistic god doesn't make sense to me but i think a team of scientists in another dimension who made our entire universe <laughs> I, is actually quite possible i well, agree with you the, the idea I, that, so there might be gods i believe that there is very possible that there's a team of gods who who might be watching us. well you know, I, I like the idea that we're all just living a simulation to kind of experience what this life is mm-hmm. and if we're all scientists then we go back and report like okay in this life i was a cat and that was pretty great for a while. And this one, I was an improviser. What a fucked up life that was. this one, I was an improviser. But then you like go back nothing and Nothing gained, nothing learned. Yeah, that's, that's this is the pain. No, but no, like, you're, you're like, about, this, like is, the... this is what love felt like. This is what loss felt like. Not for an like. improviser. This is what, well, no, yeah, improvisers no, don't know what love is. the guy who's been doing improv for 200 years and he's still not good at it. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody wants to hang out that's with him. like uh, everyone in my UCB class. Uh, no, people. 200 years like, of improv classes. Yeah. Who years Dave, ago disproved that the 10,000 hours I theory. think we found it. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, yeah. All right, just play Zip Zap Zop for 45 years. Oh. <laughs> That's uh, Now we're back at Black Mirror. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you achieve improv That would improv be how you would torture a cookie. Tiffany, have you, uh, have you seen Annihilation yet? No. Uh, all of these themes are touched on an annihilation yeah, I, need to see it. I can't rec- i mean by the time you're listening to this in the podcast it'll be on netflix i can't recommend that movie enough uh i'm not sure if it's good or bad it is unlike anything i've ever seen uh and it and you leave it with your brain feeling dumb and scared which How's- is a great feeling uh don't spoil it but tell us exactly how it ends in the last line oh, okay uh, the last line, I'll tell you the last line, is okay. I don't know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, so it's one of those endings? No. <laughs> uh, but but it, there is a lot, the, the main character is a biologist, and uh, she specifically 
works with uh basically works with genetics and natal cells uh uh so like all of these themes are kind of hit on and the idea she even talks about in the movie she talks about the idea that age is a mutation Mm -hmm. that it is not something that cells are supposed to have that is a mutation that has just the original animal and plant cells developed this mutation and it has not been selected out yet Kind of. It really so, doesn't make sense. I'm like, we're on this. We live. How much? How many years do we actually get? Eighty-five years. We have no memory of a past life. We have no memory of a previous life. We barely have a good memory that can remember what happens here. And then after that, we die. It's so stupid. It doesn't make any sense to me. It has to. It, we have to be living in a simulation. Hey God, go why fuck would it yourself. have to make sense? It just doesn't. I don't Things understand the. I just to me, I just don't understand the benefit. Like if you read atoms about, like, come Buddhist together stuff, and they form a thing and karma. then they go apart and no, they just, don't form it anymore. Like yeah, to me, I'm just saying I don't understand the point of even learning. If you just pass, you can barely pass on what you learn to the next generation. Assigning it, a point is is inventing something, thinking that there's a point. If there's nothing that thinks there's a point, then the, uh, saying that there's a point doesn't make any sense. I'm not There's a no fan point. of absurdity. <laughs> <laughs> it's not absurd. It's just uh, the way, th- the, the, where we are. My brain, no, I, 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 I know what in. you're saying. And I would have to it, argue that my brain wants something else. My yeah. brain, my brain is telling me. Oh, that's me, true. My I, brain is telling me there has to be something more. Maybe there's not. You know, maybe not. For me, I just think, I just think it's what, what a loss. Your brain wants something more, yeah. but that doesn't mean yeah. there has to be. There's, That's there's true. A, a I, true. I like to think of uh, I like to think of the the way we view time is very limited and that the idea that when we die it's over isn't necessarily correct. And like so you're saying like what's the point of learning something or developing like a relationship or like having a conversation and at least, guys, welcome back to uh, philosophy as fuck. We're talking science. Welcome to philosophy. <laughs> welcome back to philosophy as fuck. I'd like to think that when you do learn something and you feel that inspiration or you have that relationship or that conversation, that that isn't limited to just that time that you had it. That it that that carries on, and that that the important things you do, or the awful things you do, or the neutral things you do, are things that have always happened and it will always happen and that that's why it's important and that's why we learn is because yeah. it is something that you carry that carries on throughout infinity i like to think about the universe is not time is not moving forward but all of time has already happened sure and it's like a crystalline solid in four or five dimensions and maybe after we're done here you can go back and look at it but the thing is what we did today is part of this solid and it always has been yeah. what we did two weeks ago, what we did 5 million years ago. It's all part of this big crystal that exists that you could see if you were in a fifth dimension looking down on it and it would just look like one finished thing. And we're still there. We're in it for the time we're in it. And I think that's important. Um, there, but I don't think there's anything that goes from the front to the back like that lasts all of time. Nothing. What, the only thing we know for sure about this universe is nothing lasts forever. What Dave is saying is that Lost ends with them being in a snow globe. He, <laughs> that is what. That was saying elsewhere. I know. <laughs> We're all in the dream of a young autistic child. We're on the I've back of a turtle. I've actually never seen Saint Elsewhere. I've just, oh, I've only read like the TV reviews of that mm-hmm. show being like one of the. Had the weirdest endings, endings and all yeah. That. Yeah, I just know about the ending. Yeah, you know we what I heard? Go back and watch What'd it? you hear? Uh, in the White House? <laughs> oh, oh. Those guys are blowing each other. What? <laughs> I, it's just something I heard. They Hashtag. Must be, they must uh, be young male scientists. The White House has blowing each other. <laughs> Hashtag Mike Pence closes doors. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so CRISPR. Um, when we, am I uh, getting gills? <laughs> we might be able to have gills installed. So at the end, like late 2017 and early 2018, for the first time, CRISPR was done on humans. You know about this? Uh, First, when 
let's talk about CRISPR first. Sure, you know what sure. it is, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I know um, the technology of it. It's a, it's a technology that goes in and it... It makes a, a PCR obsolete in a way. Well, I think PCR is used sort of as a... Uh, PCR is a good technology, but CRISPR kind of outdates a lot of the gene cloning and stuff like that. Oh, if okay. you can actually go in and modify genes, that takes... Like a lot of the technology for PCR was like having to do that. But now that's kind of like making a lot of that PCR technology uh, obsolete entirely. So it, it, you have a little piece of RNA and you inject it in. Ribonucleic acid. Ribonucleic acid. <laughs> and it goes in and it looks for a specific <laughs> like gene. Ribonucleic acid. In your <laughs> DNA. In your DNA. So when you put your ribonucleic acid. In your DNA. <laughs> and so it finds the exact, the exact specific gene and it latches onto it. And then it has like uh, little scissors. It's called Cas9, which is a... The caspases. Which yeah. is a, like a, a protein that will cut like scissors, the yeah. little piece of DNA. And then insert a new piece of DNA. So basically you can just... You can just it's, um, it's gene cloning inside of a system. Like usually, gene cloning happens outside of systems. Like, so meaning you can do it on a living organism, right? I don't even understand. So, so like, sorry, no, so like, like, I want to be stronger. Inject this shit into my blood, possibly, and then I don't think we have a, the genes. We exactly know where the gene for stronger is, but we do know where. But that's the direction we're heading. Yeah, that is the and, direction we're heading. Like, it, I want another tentacle coming out of my back. I mean, that's literally something that could happen. Yeah. Modifying uh, your own genes. I'm there. Tallness, you know, uh, skin color, eye color, hair color, these things. I mean, technically, because our DNA also gives us form. So, like, you could go in and edit. Uh, I forget the name of the, uh, the, like, the specific thing that gives human human form. But you could go in and edit, and you could be like, no, uh, arms now look like this, and legs now look like this. I have seven legs, yeah. and yeah, my arms boy. are claws. Yeah. So like that dude that spent all that money to get tiger shit tattooed all over his body and his teeth grinded down and everything, he's like, fuck, I just wasted a lot of time. Yeah, he could have been doing some CRISPR. <laughs> uh, this has interesting implications, because you were saying that uh, with PCR that you guys would use it for like... Uh, Usually you use it outside of a system. You use genetic engineering to do gene cloning. And essentially you're growing vats of protein. You know yeah. what I mean? You're cutting a small piece of DNA and you're inserting it into an inert bacteria and you're growing vats of that protein. And then you're purifying yes. that protein. And you can use, like, you can target certain proteins, like growth, human growth hormone mm -hmm. for people. And that could be injected into humans. If this is like, so that's outside of the human body. Yeah. The so idea that you could go into a human cell and modify the code yeah. is pretty mind-blowing to me. Yeah. You know? uh, and there was a moratorium worldwide on doing it on humans for a very short time and then China was like did someone die fuck you world we're gonna do it and then oh, now America's screenplay. doing it yeah no that person became like fight like a superhero they yeah T-Rex man shit. they escaped from the lab yeah. hopefully it was a woman <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Well, I mean, <laughs> if, it was, if it was a guy it he was went an, immediately oh guys don't worry don't worry if it was if it was a dude Hollywood if it was a dude we'll just goose crisper crisper and we'll turn him into a obviously lady. it was somebody who had both genitals because they had like 17 arms yeah. they had three dicks they had seven vaginas because they were crispering themselves. It means to me that rich people are going to have access to this. Absolutely. Yeah, like for that's sure. the, right? Yeah. It's that's, Gattaca. Right? That's Gattaca. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, Gattaca. there's no oh, way that they're going to be like, hey, we can all be better. Let's we'll all have become it. Become more no. privileged. Yeah, it's just going to separate have and divide even more. Because, babies. Because, yeah, rich people are going to be able to say, like, I don't want my baby to have asthma. I don't want my baby to be yeah. able to be sick. I want my baby to have a photographic memory. I want so like I don't want him to be Jewish. I don't want this to be a Jewish baby. Get the genes for Judaism out of this baby. Uh, don't believe. I, don't, in I the always Old wanted Testament. to be Jewish. I don't, I don't understand that. Um, well, you could make your kid Jewish. Yeah, but it, it definitely the implications for it. Like there's there was always uh, I had a. I had a, a professor that said that I don't know if this probably was apocryphal, but he said that there was a like a, there was a medication you could take that would give you a photographic memory, but it never went on the open market because it would have been so oh, expensive shit. that only wealthy people would have, be able to afford it, and uh, and that would give them such a leg up 
that they're like you know if wealthy children had a photographic memory they would be able to have such a leg up as far as learning and everything like that that everyone else would be uh, would pale in comparison to what they had i don't believe it because like uh everything else wealthy people get all the time and no one gives a shit i think if that existed it would definitely come out in a sci-fi novel i feel like the first thing that would happen is that wealthy people would use CRISPR technology to enhance themselves yeah and then fucking turn the lower class people and the fucking slave like even more slaves and serfs yeah the fucking piece of shit lower class and then they would evolve 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 until they were like ascendant beings and there'd be like two different types of humans yeah before we go beings and then yeah (laughs) the elves essentially yeah before we go too dystopian um (laughs) dave being used right now to cure horrible diseases it, it always it starts curing? great. What yeah. is it curing? Well, I mean, ideally, it would it, like a lot of things are. Is it doing like too expensive point? that only rich people can buy them at first, and then the price goes down, like cell phones. But what is it doing? Um, like, like one side mutations? Is it doing stuff like uh, lymphoma, uh, lymphomias, and stuff like there's that? There's thing or? called. There's very limited tests on humans right now, but the the test in America uh, that has happened in late 2017 was a guy who had Hunter syndrome. Oh. Um, Hunter syndrome is the thing where you, you can't break down certain sugars, so your um, organs develop uh, poorly, your legs and limbs develop poorly. So you just get it's weak. Debilitary, yeah. debilitating disease. So this trial is not uh, to repair the flawed gene, but it's just a test to see if they can get in there and fix some of the damage using CRISPR. Fucks so with it. It's not a full, yeah, like... fucks with it. <laughs> they're not going to go in and fully pull this gene out. Um, but if it's, like, a one-point mutation, a lot of illnesses are just, like, certain regions of gene are oh. been incorrectly yeah. copied. Yeah. So if I, you could actually go in and just fix that one-point mutation, that's pretty fucking incredible. What, what they're actually Luke doing is... Yeah, They're Huntington's modifying disease. his yeah. liver to create more of a certain enzyme to fight the disease. So it's a little bit of a roundabout way. Instead of actually pulling that, uh, the gene, which is presumably in his whole body, every cell of his body, they're just going into his liver and using CRISPR to create more of a certain enzyme. I feel like there's an episode of Batman Beyond <laughs> where like cyberpunks all have CRISPR. Like, like CRISPR just becomes a recreational drug basically and like all these cyberpunks like become villains because like one of them's like an alligator guy (laughs) and the other's like a cat girl and and the the other's like a a parrot lady Uh, and like maureen ponderosa from yeah yeah. and like and i want to live in that future i want it to be where it's like everyone's like yeah i want to have the abilities of an armadillo (laughs) and they just they just eject a needle on themselves. All of a sudden, they can roll up and spin real fast. Yeah, there's some novel I read uh, where it's like people all look like monsters because you can just change your the way you look with this sort of gene editing technology day by day. I don't. I I think it's really exciting. I mean, it's yeah. kind of like mm-hmm. why I didn't end up majoring in classics. Like why why learn about a dead culture? And to me, that's what's really cool about science, that there's all this fun fucking stuff happening and stuff like that, you know, and we should all have access to it. Yeah. Thank you, <laughs> Tiffany, for being with us today. It was a lot of fun. Podcast. <laughs> hey, I, I made it dark. No, it's great. I'm it glad got you brought dark, it up. It got philosophical. That's what we do. Yeah. Um, we love it. That was great. Thank you so much. Um, how can people... Uh, find you or follow you online uh i'm on twitter at fake tiffany aleman and fake tiffany it's well that because it's another There's actually science related story i turn in a resume with my comedy name and the pi that i worked for googled me and oh. found my twitter and if you're a comedian you have a lot of fucked up stuff on yeah. twitter and yeah a lot of absolutely weird vi- uh, videos so i changed it i deleted my old twitter account and i named it fake Tiffany Alamon, because if HR called me in, I would say that's not me. That's someone impersonating me. <laughs> <laughs> it's strange that someone would do something that low to a human being. 
That's but now I, you all know. I, this is like from it was, 2011. It was some sick, sick that's woman that you I, knew in high school. That's what I was going to say. That tortured animals right. with no scientific purpose. Being single white female. I am exactly. Uh, um, and you said you had another podcast that you wanted to um, plug? I, I have Sketch Masters of the Universe, which I will be releasing shortly. Ooh. Yeah, I'm very exciting. I've been kind of holding on to that. And you can find me on Rat Throat every Tuesday at 8 o'clock and on Night Church once a month, the third Sunday at 1030. That's uh, if you're pack. in the L.A. area, those shows play at the Pack Theater on Santa Monica Boulevard yep. in Hollywood. And Brian Musel. Brian Musel. Yeah. Where, pe- where can people follow you? Uh, you don't have to. Yeah, I'm on a sketch team called Tantrum on the fourth Wednesdays of every month at the Pack Theater. Uh, What's your favorite primordial soup? Uh, beef stew. Beef stew. Beef stew. We didn't get into beef stew. French French beef stew. What makes a French beef stew? I don't we, know, to be honest. Fat. Jesse and I more, will more include marrow? as many soup recipes yes, as we, we can, can. Yeah, like uh, soup. in the notes of this podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Soup Lovers with a Z. <laughs> Fake Soup Lovers. Fake Soup Lovers. <laughs> Thanks I'm, for listening, everybody. Yeah. I'm at Dave Chacho on Twitter. I'm at JessKline1. Uh, we'll see you next time. We'll be here next time. Oh, do you, do you guys know what I heard? What? Over in the White House? What are they doing? Those fellas are blowing each other. Oh, my God. (laughs) Science AF. 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 Science as fuck.